Thanks for joining us today as Pastor David brings us an important lesson on peace, something we all want, but sometimes it sure is tough to find, isn't it? Here's Pastor David to give us some help. I've been punched in the face a couple times in my life. Um, yeah, if you, if you count some boxing and stuff, probably more than a couple times. Um, but I've been punched in the face a couple times. It hurts. It doesn't feel good. Um, seriously, my face used to be amazing. Uh, it was <laughs> incredible. There's <clears throat> a lot of laughing. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but I talk a lot. Uh, people have noticed that about me. And sometimes when I was younger, especially, I would say things when I talked a lot that people did not like, and they would punch me in the face. Um, that happens sometimes. I, I wish I could tell you that the lesson is I learned to talk less, but instead I became a lawyer. Um, and because people rarely punch you in the face in the courtroom. And people, although they may want to, usually won't punch a lawyer because, you know, we're jerks and we would sue you. So um, keep that in mind if I say something to offend you today. Uh, the thing is, I would let my own anger or my desire for confrontation and my pride win the battle in my soul, between spirit and soul, and I would end up in a battle instead of being at peace with other people. Now, all that sort of changes when you become an adult, only insofar um, as there's less face punching, right? Because you go to jail when you're an adult for punching people in the face. But it really doesn't change in the sense that anger and pride and confrontation lead to battles with people. We do battle with our bosses, with our husbands or our wives, with our kids or our friends. We are not always people of peace. We're not. But we are supposed to be because we serve and follow and are disciples of the Prince of Peace. We serve a God of peace, of shalom, of wholeness. And we are called to be peaceful. We have been in a series of messages lately called Right Side Up. And it's called Right Side Up because Jesus is teaching us from his Sermon on the Mount, which you can find in Matthew 5 through 7. Um, and he's showing us what life in the kingdom of God looks like. What does it look like? And it looks upside down from the perspective of the world. But truly, it's right side up. And so that's why the, mess the, the messages are called right side up. If you have your Bibles, uh, you can pull those out. We're going to get into the word of God. We're going to be Matthew chapter 5. In verse 9, it's the next one of what they call the Beatitudes, the blessings, and it says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. That's the word for this morning. Let's pray really quick. Father, I just pray that as we've taken in uh, your word that you would help bring it out to us as we uh, think about what it means to be peacemakers, as we think about what it means to be called sons of God. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would just be in our heart, Lord, that, that you would just protect this place spiritually, physically, that we would be uh, one together learning from your word this morning, Lord, in your name. Amen. So what's a peacemaker? Well, peacemaker is a number of things. Let's dive into a few of those things. A peacemaker is, I think what most people think of it as, is a person who seeks peace personally with other people. A person who seeks peace personally with other people. Uh, this is the person who is not getting punched in the face a lot, right? The person who is avoiding a lot of confrontation, a lot of difficulty. A peacemaker is someone who wants peace, wholeness, shalom with everyone that they can reasonably have peace with. Now, there are two directions that I notice 
Uh, there may be more, but two directions that I notice people and myself failing at this, two ways that we sort of do it wrong. The first is the most obvious one. This is the, this is the one that kind of starts all the fights and the battles and the wars and the, and, and the arguments and whatever. And that is the confrontational person, being confrontational. This is where we let pride lead to anger and anger lead to confrontation and confrontation lead to battles with people. That's that side. In many ways, uh, this particular failure is actually celebrated in our culture, in many cultures actually, kind of this, the fighter, the, the person that will mix it up right? We sort of look up to that person at some level. You don't see many action movies where the main character is all about making peace with other people, right? You don't, that's not how it goes, right? Uh, hey, sir, I'm sorry if I'm offending you. Let's put our guns away. Let's get some coffee. No one wants to watch that movie, right? It's just not that exciting. We, we like to see people mix it up. We watch cable news, some of us, and there's all these little boxes of little heads talking and yelling and arguing at each other, and, and, and it's not peaceful, right? We, we like to watch that kind of stuff. We like celebrities or, or politicians or whoever who tweet out uh, different stuff or who talk on the news or who, or who talk at their concerts or whatever it is and say things that they don't care what anybody thinks of them and they don't care about PC culture and they don't care if they offend anybody, and we kind of like the people mixing it up like that. People who intimidate or confront or poke at others to try to sort of start or to win a battle. That's celebrated by a lot of people. If you don't believe me, go to YouTube, go on there today, and just look up uh, so-and-so owns so-and-so. Like, there's all these videos about how, watch this Democrat own this Republican, or this Republican own this Democrat, or this atheist own this Christian, or this Christian own this atheist. The idea is that, you know, there's this video where they're just like giving it to the other person and whatever. And these videos are all over the place. We love to see the battle. We love to see the battle. And we're not supposed to necessarily revel in all of that, right? Because that kind of entertainment, which is what cable news and YouTube and all that, that's what it is. It's not about peacemaking. And we're called to be peacemakers. It's usually about being the toughest or the smartest person in the room, that type of thing. It's not always bad, but it certainly isn't peacemaking. We're supposed to be peacemakers. How do we do that in a world that loves confrontation? How do we do that in a world that loves angry rhetoric? Well, we start by backing up a couple lines in the scripture to what Jesus just taught us uh, a couple weeks ago in the same chapter, Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Well, what does mercy require? It requires a heart that understands how much mercy has been given in Jesus Christ. It's difficult to be merciful until you understand how much mercy you've received. You know, we have the story of the unjust servant, the wicked servant who the, the king forgives him this massive debt, billions of dollars, untold amount. He could never have paid it back. It's forgiven. And then he goes and chokes his buddy out for owing him a hundred bucks, right? That's not mercy. We need to be the person who realizes what we've been given if we want to be merciful towards other people. And it's very difficult to be prideful or to yell and fight about your rights when you understand how much mercy has been shown to you. One of the reasons that we fight and battle, one of the reasons is because we're prideful. We care about our own rights. We care about what we think we deserve. So when our boss or our parents or our spouse or our friends offend us, we want to fight. We want to start a battle. I'm not saying all of us are all the time. I'm just saying it happens, right? 
because they need to know that they were wrong. We're really doing them a service, right? We need to make sure that they understand that they were wrong, and they better not act that way again. We forget about being a peacemaker, and we enter the battle. This is what the Bible says about those who are prideful. It says, this is Proverbs 16, 18, it says, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Now, a lot of you probably don't use the word haughty a lot, um, but here's what it means. This is, here's a bunch of synonyms that I got, words that mean, mean the same thing from uh, Microsoft Word yesterday. Here are the ones they gave me. Proud, arrogant, conceited, self-important, snooty, stuck up, puffed up, overconfident, self-aggrandizing, superior. That's what haughty means. Now, if this describes you, or if this describes anyone you're hanging out with or looking up to or anything like that, be careful, because Scripture does not lie. If that is you and that's the spirit that you have, destruction and a fall are coming. They're coming, right? Watch out. We don't usually, though, think of ourselves as prideful or having a haughty spirit when we're not being peacemakers or when we're in a battle. We usually just think of ourselves as right, right? You probably all have some friends or whatever uh, who are on the internet or whatever who you are actually trying to be a peacemaker and so on, and they just, they just want to battle. They just want to battle, right? They kind of have that prideful, that haughty spirit. They, they think that they're right, and they got to prove that they're right, and sometimes that's us, right? We often want to think of the other person as wrong, and we often are offended. But what is offending us? What is offending us in these personal battles with one another? Often, not all the time, often it's our pride. It's our self-importance. It's our feelings of rights and our feelings of what we deserve that are being offended a lot of the time. If we were merciful because we understood how much mercy we had received, we would not be as easily offended as we are a lot of the time. We might even get to the place where instead of being offended and being overly concerned with our rights, we actually started to get concerned with the other person and why they might be acting the way that they're acting. Why, why is he acting this way? And maybe instead of being offended, we might turn that around and start praying to God to show us how we can serve that person, how we can take that person who's made in God's image and likeness and help them grow closer to Jesus. That might be our reaction to offenses that come our way if we didn't have to be offended so much. And that person might grow closer to Jesus as a result. Now, I'm going to read several verses from chapter 12 of Romans. And I just want us to check ourselves. This is the Word of God. This is Scripture. And I want to check ourselves, those that we're around, those that we celebrate, all of that stuff, the culture and so on, against the Word of God. Okay? This is what the Word of God says. This is Romans 12, 3, 10, 14, 16, and 18 through 21. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. Giving preference, not about me, not about my rights, giving preference to one another. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. If it is possible... As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. 
Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Is this, is this how we're living when we're mad at our parents or our spouse or our boss or our friends or whatever? Is this how people are living when they're owning one another on YouTube? Is this how we're thinking before we push publish or post on social media? Is this how the talking heads on the cable news are living and thinking? Is this how our politicians, our celebrities, those we look up to, is this how they're living? No. It's not. Because the world is upside down. We got to see it for what it is. And Jesus is telling us how to live and walk right side up as a child of the kingdom of God. A person who has been made new in Christ should be growing. I know we're not already there yet, but should be growing to be living like the word tells us in the Sermon on the Mount and like the word tells us in these verses here in Romans chapter 12. Not, not in the ways of the world full of our own pride and our own haughtiness and our own rights and our own offenses. It's not who we're made to be. And we need to listen to what Jesus has been saying here. We need to be poor in spirit. Remember, that was the first one. Poor in spirit. Recognize that we have nothing without Jesus Christ. We need to be merciful, realizing how much mercy we've received. Then we will find being peacemakers with other people very natural because we're starting to become children of the kingdom of God. Now, you cannot always have peace. Let me be clear. But we can do what's in our ability to be peacemakers. Romans 12, 8, we just read it. It says this. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Now, the word men here means people, okay? Not just men. Okay, some of you were like, well, I can probably live peacefully with all men. But that girl, mm-mm. People, okay? Mankind, men, that's what it means. Um, you're supposed to live peaceably with all men. It means you've got to keep your side of the street clean. You've got to keep your side. That's all you can control. You can't control their side of the street. You can only control your side. As much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. So you have to recognize what you have control over. You have control over your actions. You're Christ's disciple. You're responsible to him. It doesn't matter what the other person is doing. It doesn't matter. It matters what you do. If they're your enemy, you're supposed to love them, right? If they're your enemy and they're thirsty, you give them a drink, not a punch in the jaw, right? You can only control your side. But it's not like you'll always have peace with everyone. Sometimes you won't have peace because of your own pride or your own haughtiness or some other reason. But even without that, there will not always be peace. You may remember Jesus always was trying to make peace with sinners, make peace between them and God, get them to confess their sins, to repent, and to know God. But with the religious leaders that were oppressing the people, that were speaking lies, that were setting up uh, burdens on the people they could never meet, Jesus was not at peace with them. You may remember that he came into the temple and they're selling stuff, they're taking advantage of the poor and they're doing all this stuff. And he just starts, he makes a, a whip out of cords. He's like, what pie? He's throwing tables over in action movie style, right? He's coming in there and he's getting in people's faces and he's like, get out. There was no peace in that. 
There was no peace in that because he couldn't have peace with those who were destroying people. There's a time when confrontation must happen. When it must happen. Matthew uh, 10, 34 and 35 says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. But I thought we were supposed to be peacemakers. Well, this is what he says. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Some of you are like, finally, my verse. I know why. My mother-in-law. That's not what this verse is about. That, that problem you have with your mother-in-law is more likely to be about haughtiness and pride and probably not hers. But something to think about. Jesus is explaining this. He's explaining that he himself is alienating. He, as the Son of God, as God in the flesh, as the one that came to redeem and save us, he himself is alienating. If you follow Jesus Christ, if you are his disciple, there are people who will not live at peace with you. If you love Jesus, if he is first in your life, there are people who will refuse to live at peace with you. That's just the way it is. The next passage in the Sermon on the Mount that we'll hopefully get to next week, Lord willing, is actually talking about the blessings that come from being persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now, if, we're, if he's talking about people being persecuted, then obviously there's not always peace. As much of a peacemaker as you want to be or you ought to be, it's not always peace. Peace will not always be the result for the Christ follower. But as much as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. I love what Pastor David said about keeping our side of the street clean. We so often blame everyone else for our trouble, and the truth is, we have a lot more to do with it than we often realize. I hope you'll check out part two for much more important truth about being peacemakers. Until then, let me invite you to join us for church here at Axe Church in Vancouver, Washington. Easy directions and all the info you need are just a click away at axechurchnw.org. Hope to meet you this Sunday. Thanks for listening, and be sure to be here for part two with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.